Thank you for your presence. The Bible tells us that if we say we love God, whom we have not seen, but hate our brother whom we see every day, the truth is not in us. And if the God's truth in its entirety is not in us, we are not genuinely saved. We can have Christian symbols on our cars, wear Christian symbols, quote scripture, pray eloquently, and sing hymns and spiritual songs. But if we are not continuously living and applying God's word in our lives, we are not genuinely saved. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander teaches us today. Turn with us. We're continuing our journey through 1 John. Uh, we are in 1 John chapter 2 now, chapter 2, verses 24 through 29. 1 John chapter 2, verses 24 through 29. Toward the very end of the Bible, there you'll find these words. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning and what you heard from the beginning abides in you. You also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need it that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Verse 28, and now little children, abide in him that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. And from this particular passage of scripture, we want to preach this morning how to remain faithful to the Lord in the midst of last day deceptions. How to remain faithful to the Lord in the midst of last day deceptions. The greatest demonstration of love is the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ from God himself. The blood of Jesus, the blood that was shed on our behalf to redeem us is so precious and the grace of God has been and will always be amazing. You ought to not ever get uh, used to the blood of Jesus Christ. It ought to be astonishing, uh, matter of fact, astonishingly amazing to you, not only now, but throughout the eternal ages. Therefore, we as believers must be alert and not allow ourselves to be seduced and lured away from the faith by doctrines of demons. The brevity of life and the coming of Christ should motivate Christians universally all over the world to remain true and faithful unto death and not allow absolutely nothing or no one to distort by way of false teachings the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ, nor the word of God. We also must not allow ourselves to be deceived with Satan cheap substitutes, such as lies. Do not allow yourself to be deceived by cheap substitutes with superstition. Do not be carried away with myths. Do not allow fables to seduce you. Do not be handcuffed by political correctness. Do not be swayed by the opinions of people. Do not buy into the cancel culture. Do, do not receive for a moment the wokeness movement. 
and the philosophy of this world system. In this particular passage, John exposes and identifies the characteristics of those who are controlled by the spirit of Antichrist. How do believers guard against deception and false teachers? Deception is all over the world. It's in the media. It's to come through people in a major organization. It's, 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 uh, you have celebrities that are deceiving. Politicians are, are deceptive. And on and on it goes. Not to say everybody you see is deceptive, but it is rampant in our society. And if you don't know the Lord and if you're not full of the spirit, you will be taken advantage of. How do believers guard against deception and false teachers? There are a plethora of them. They are all over the place. Every book that has Christ on it is not a theologically correct book. Every television personality that come on television is not from the Lord. So how do believers guard against deceptions and false teachers? Number one, abiding in Christ is essential to keeping believers from being deceived by the enemy. Abiding in Christ is essential to keeping believers from being deceived by the enemy. First John 2, 24 and 28 says, therefore, let that abide in you, which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abide in you, you also will abide in the son and in the father. Verse 28. And now little children, those of you who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, abide in him that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Only when we remain faithful to the truth and continue to experience intimate communion with the son and the father, will we be able to resist false teaching when we hear it? When you're fellowshipping with God, when you have communion with God and you're abiding in the word of God, you're learning of the word of God, you will not be deceived or carried away by false doctrine. When John says in verse 24a, which you heard from the beginning, see that phrase there? He is referring to when the believers first became saved, when he trusted Christ as his or her personal savior. John encourages the believer to hold on to the gospel truth they heard from the beginning of their salvation. What is truth? That's the question we need to ask today. What is truth? Well, John 17, 17 says, thy word is truth. What's truth today? The incarnation of Jesus Christ is truth. What is truth? God in human flesh is truth. What is truth? Christ's sinless, perfect, permanent Sacrifice for sin is truth. Christ sinless, perfect, permanent sacrifice for sin is truth. What is truth? Our Lord's agony on the cross is truth. What is truth? Salvation only through Jesus Christ alone is truth. Salvation through Jesus Christ alone is truth. What is truth? The reality of heaven and hell is truth. What is truth? The word of the living God is truth. What is truth? The substitutionary death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is truth. His burial is truth. Our Lord's resurrection is truth. The second coming of Christ are all essential truths of the Christian faith. All of which is truth. Therefore, hold on to the truth and embrace the truth. Lest you succumb to false heretical doctrines of demons. Teachings that are from the devil. 
teaching that has its origin straight from the pits of hell. First Timothy 4, 1 says, now the Holy Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith. And we're seeing it now. People are not only departing from the church, but they're departing from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Demons are real and demons promote Doctrine that's damnable, doctrine that is heretical, doctrine that's false, doctrine that's deceptive, straight from Satan, from hell. Second Timothy chapter four, verses three through four also says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. People don't want sound doctrine. They want their ears tickled. They want something that's going to make them feel good. Uh, they, want, they want a fuzzy, dozzy type of feeling. They don't want sound doctrine that's going to challenge them to live a better life for Christ. But according to their own desires, it's not what God desires, it's their own desires. Because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, the kind of teacher they want that's not about anything, hellish. Verse four, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. So abiding in Christ is essential to keeping believers from being deceived by the enemy. How do believers guard against deception and false teachers? Number two, we will remain faithful in the midst of last day deceptions when we live by what is written in the word of God. That is so critical. We will remain faithful. We will remain faithful, steadfast, unmovable as we live out what is written in the authoritative Bible, the word of the living God. First John two twenty six says, these things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. Now, you won't be deceived if you're staying in this book. You will be carried away by deception if you drift from this book, pick this book up once in a while or not at all. John writes this letter because he does not want believers ignorant of the word of God, but to know the truth so that they will not be inclined to be seduced by the devil, deceived by the devil and led astray by false teachers who look good, who smell good, who are smooth, who are articulate, who has charisma, much personality, but they're straight from hell. You see, and they are assaulting the church with lies and they are smooth. They're so smooth that they will deceive you. You think you have the real thing and all you are following after is a low down devil. Second Corinthians chapter 11 verses 13 through 15 says for such are false apostles deceiving deceitful workers. Look, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. The devil can transform himself. He can look like the real thing when he ain't the real thing. Verse 14, and no wonder for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. If you don't know this book, live by this book to get that gives you spiritual discernment. You can't even see how Satan transformed himself to look almost like the real thing. But he's a phony and he's a farce. Verse 15, therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, he got, he got devils and workers all over this place, also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. And they sit down in the church. They go to work in the church. 
but with a hidden agenda of seducing innocent believers and carrying them away, whose end will be according to their works. If you fail to read and know God's word for yourself, you will be a prime candidate to be deceived by Satan. Also, if Satan can get you to doubt the word of God, you are destined for a spiritual fall with disastrous consequences. Did you get that? If Satan can get you to doubt the word of God just a tiny bit, then you are destined for a spiritual fall with disastrous consequences. And it all started back in Genesis chapter three, verse one, Eve's fall, mother Eve, her fall started with a doubt from Satan. That's where it started. She sowed that doubt and she embraced that doubt, which led to her disbelieving God and believing the words of, of Satan, which led to her husband joining her in the, in the, in the deception and fall. And uh, the whole human race fell into sin. Genesis chapter three, verse one says, now the serpent, uh, the serpent, another word for the devil was more crafty than any of the wild animals. Satan can transform himself into anything he wants to. Satan in this account took on the form of a beautiful serpent. So it says here, now the serpent was more crafty. He was crafty. You can't trick the devil. You can't, you can't outmaneuver the devil. You can't outthink the devil. You cannot outsmart the devil. He's an old devil. As a matter of fact, he's called the serpent of old. He'd been studying human. He's the best psychology in the world. He'd been studying human behavior since Adam and Eve. You can't fool the devil. <clears throat> So he's crafty. He says, more crafty than any of the wild animals uh, animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, which means the devil talks. The devil is a person. He's not a thing. He's not an it. He's a real personality. Did God really say? Now, Adam and Eve received the instructions, but now he, he's, look, he's, he's planning doubt. Uh, did God really say? In other words, did he really mean that? You, you, you must not eat from any tree in the garden. You know, he was smooth talking her right out of her blessing. By the way, don't spend too much. Time, don't spend any time at all talking to the devil. That's your problem right there. Y'all, y'all talking to devil and don't even know you're talking. You, you need to run from the devil. Get out of the devil. Don't, don't, don't let the devil talk to you. You let the longer you let him talk. He's going to take advantage of your life. That's what Eve did. Eve should have been under her husband. Look how quiet he got then. I don't know where he was. Maybe, maybe she put him out to work or something. I don't know. I don't know where the Bible don't say it. I can't. When the Bible is silent, I'm silent. I don't know where the man was. But, but, but when she got away from him, she was taken advantage of. Maybe Eve could have, Adam could have fought him off or said something. Hey, Eve, don't, don't touch that Eve or something. You know, but he, they were separated. And, you know, and what Satan wants to do with, in marriages now is to separate husbands and wives. His tactics are old and his, 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 his strategy is still to do the same. Get, separate y'all so to, to divide and conquer. That's the goal. Divide and conquer. If you can get husbands and wives fighting each other, then all of a sudden you start fighting your in-laws and they become outlaws and you fight your children and grandchildren. Everybody's after everybody. You, you fight over a piece of pie that was cut too big or too small. You must not eat from any tree in the garden. 
Beloved, it's absolutely imperative that you believe of the word of God. It's absolutely imperative that you embrace the word of God. It's absolutely imperative that you hold on to the word of God with a great sense of tenacity and being tenacious about it, tenacious about it. Hold on with the word of God uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit and refuse to doubt even when you don't understand all of what you read. Now, I must confess, you said, but Pastor Draper, you a smart pastor. No, I ain't that smart. You know everything in the Bible. No, I don't. You understand every passage in the Bible. No, I don't. You got it all together. No, I don't. Don't put me on a pedestal. I ain't all that. I'm, I'm trusting God just like you. But I got enough sense to not doubt the word of God. I'm not going to doubt it even when I don't understand what I'm reading. When you don't understand what, what, what you're reading, you know what you do? Keep reading. Because you don't understand it. It's hard. Well, keep reading. And you know what? The scripture is its only, is, the scripture is its best interpreter. And then the scripture will interpret the scripture if you just keep reading and don't give up. You understand what I'm saying? The Holy Ghost is the author and the Holy Spirit lives in you and he will illuminate and enlighten you as you begin to delve into the word of the living God. When you don't understand, just keep on reading, keep on praying, keep studying and cry out to God for clarity. Uh, cry out to God for spiritual illumination that God would un, uh, enlighten your mind. Cry out to God for spiritual understanding to understand the truth. There are passages in the Bible I'm still grappling with. This is an infinite book. This is an eternal book. This is a supernatural book. First John chapter two, look at first John two twenty seven says, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Now, see that word in verse 27, anointing, say anointing. Anointing refers uh, to the Holy Spirit. Anointing refers to the Holy Spirit, who is the resident the resident teacher who lives in every true believer. The anointing is the Holy Spirit who is the resident teacher who lives in every believer. John is not denying the importance of gifted Christian teachers. Okay, he's not, he's not doing that in his text. This verse is not saying that no one can teach us because of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Or that gifted teachers in the body of Christ are not essential. This passage is not saying gifted teachers in the body of Christ are not essential. But rather the Holy Spirit is saying that the Holy Spirit is God living in us. Which means that he is superior. He is the superior and ultimate teacher because he is God. Who leads us into truth and give us an understanding. And he's the final authority. The Bible gives the, the Bible gives the importance of the teaching ministry in the body of Christ. Even though the Holy Spirit is the uh, ultimate teacher, gifted teachers in the body of Christ, they do have value, bring much value, and is responsible to God for how they live and what they teach. You, you say, could you give me some scriptures on the value of gifted teachers 
those who have the gift. Of, now, if you don't have the gift, now here's how you know. You say, do I have the gift of teaching? I can tell you whether you, you have the gift of teaching or not. We give you a class and six weeks and you got 10 folk and eight weeks later, they all gone. You, you don't have the gift of teaching. I don't have the gift of pastoring. If I've been pastoring this church 35 years and 35 years later, uh, I don't even have my family here. It's just me and my wife. I said, where's everybody? Well, if you don't have no following, you're not a pastor. You're just taking a walk. The Bible gives the importance of the teaching ministry in the context of Holy Scripture. In Matthew 28, 28, let me show you the the validity of teachers. In Matthew 28, 28, it says, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Ephesians 4.11 says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. In 1 Timothy 4.11, it says, these things command and teach and teach. Teaching ministry is so critical to the life of the church. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. The teaching ministry, my friend, of the Holy Spirit transcends even the most gifted teacher in the body of Christ. No one is greater than than the ultimate teacher, the Holy Spirit. The illuminating power of the Holy Spirit within us is the believer's anointing. He is also the Holy Spirit who lives in us, the resident teacher. He is also all-knowing, and he is also all-sufficient. The Holy Spirit is so powerful and so wonderful. Why? Because he gives light. The Holy Spirit, as a teacher, uh, provides insights, spiritual insight and spiritual instructions. And he enlightens the mind, illuminates the mind, which help us to see and understand spiritual truth and also to distinguish truth from error as we search the scriptures for ourselves, which will help keep us from falling prey to deception and heresy. Uh, That's why I quote many scriptures uh, behind the insights that God give me because the Bible is the final authority. Acts chapter 17, verse 11 says, these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word of God with all readiness. Now, see, I can tell when a person's cold, they don't come here ready to receive the word of God. They don't have a Bible. They don't even go to the Bible in their cell phones or whatever they got. And, uh, and so you just, some, some folk, go, they go to sleep on the word. They get the, the word of God is their best sedative, you know? Um, uh, <laughs> But you got to be ready to receive the word of God. You got to be alert. You got to be attentive uh, when it comes to receiving the word of God, like like the passage here. And they search the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. They didn't just take anybody at their word. A believer who has the anointing and walks in the Holy Spirit is able to discern truth from error. A believer who walks in the Holy Spirit is able to expose heresy and withstand the attacks of Satan because of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. We must also allow the Holy Spirit to guard us from false teachers and guide God's children into truth. Here's another insight that we must have. Uh, Here's what God expects of believers as it relates to this deceptive age. Thirdly, Focusing on the return of of the Lord Jesus Christ will help us to remain faithful in the midst of last day deceptions. 
Focusing on the return of Jesus Christ will help us remain faithful in the midst of last day deceptions. In 1 John 2.28, it says, and now, look at this old, aged, beloved apostle saying, and now, little children, he's a spiritual father. He's he giving guidance and direction to believers. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, he may have confidence, we may have confidence, and not be ashamed before him at his coming. At his coming. Now, underline in the text that when he appears, okay, he came the first time in Bethlehem of Judea. That's his first coming, but he's coming again. And when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. You see that? Believers need not be ashamed at the appearing of Christ if we are faithful to Christ. We need not be ashamed at the appearing of Christ, if we are obedient to his word and living holy before our Lord. When John says in verse 28a, abide in him, look at that first portion of, of verse 28a, it says abide in him. This refers to a permanent remaining in Christ. It is to remain and endure in Christ, which guarantees the believer's hope. To abide in Christ is to remain in Christ. Saints who abide in Christ will continue in the faith and fellowship with the saints. Again, saints who abide in Christ will continue in the faith and fellowship with the saints until Christ returns or calls us to heaven. When John says in verse 28b that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed at his coming. We should be looking for the Lord with confident expectation. We ought not be dreading and fearing the Lord's return. If we are, it's because we're not living right. Okay. John here is speaking to believers who are not ashamed at the appearing of Christ because of their faithfulness to him. Revelation 22, 12 says, and behold, I am coming quickly. So how's how's Jesus going to come? He's not going to be, he's not a slow walker. He's going to come quickly. When is he going to come? Any moment. How? Quickly. And what? He's not going to come empty handed. And it says, and my reward is with me. Now everybody's not getting the reward. It's only those who are worthy of the reward, who's been faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that there is no assurance of salvation apart from obedience to God's word, for his word alone gives us that assurance. We must trust in the Lord with all our hearts and acknowledge him in all our ways. Only then can we say we are genuinely saved. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org, where you will find an archive of audio messages service times, direction to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.